Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, tonight, D-Generation X proudly brings to you the greatest show on earth. And that's the bottom line, because Stone Cold said so. Joe Black, Chris Mindell, the Sons of Slam podcast. I don't know why I want to fight somebody after I hear this song. Like an ant. It's that, it's that first verse. You see a man in the back, as a matter of fact. That just yep. gets me every time. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Ballroom Blitz by Sweet. One hit wonder. Great song. Great song. Great song. It is on. Sons of Slam Show is in your ears. Spotify, SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts. Catch us on Twitter, Sons of Slam Show. My name is Chris Mindell, the Reaper, Mr. Joe Black. I didn't forget this time. How are you, sir? Not bad, not bad. Yeah. Uh, same old shit, different day. All right. All that all that happy good stuff, you know what I mean? How's the, uh, I hear you're, you're trying to get more svelte. Yeah, I'm trying to make sure my girlish, my girlish figure stays intact. Stay intact. I got you. So... Started a new diet a couple weeks ago. Okay, how's it going? Uh, pretty good. Not yeah. bad. All right. I lost uh 15 pounds in the first uh 11 days. Sweet. So uh, we'll keep it going. All right. Very nice. We'll let you know next week how we do. <laughs> <laughs> keep it up. Keep it up. Um, so this week, uh, other than NXT, not much else going on other than stuff outside the ring, and uh. I, I just want to get into it here because I'm just I'm livid. So let's talk about uh, earlier in the week there were reports of uh, not demotions according to them, but retooling. And so according to many sites, uh, Vince McMahon has basically said that we need to have some of the bigger guys. As if you uh, if you haven't seen some people. Like Dabo Kato, there's a reason why, but uh, he also pointed out others like, uh, well, like Omos, who hasn't been in the ring yet other than being a ninja. Um, Dio Madden, uh, 
in uh, Retribution there. Keith Lee and Otis. Who? Who's in Retribution? Don't know who you're talking about. Exactly. Okay, good. Um, so <laughs> this is basically because Vince McMahon makes up his own mind at the end of the day, but he has his goons to basically put in his ear some things. And it was basically said by Bruce Pritchard that he buries the way NXT trained superstars to Vinnie Mac. And so uh, it's, it's basically the only... Well, the only fans that, or the only people that he gets to hear from, are his his goons, and there aren't any live fans to kind of go by, and that is what the what executives behind the scenes are worried about because there's no response other than Thunderdome faces, and you can't go by that because they basically tell you what to do if you ever go in a Thunderdome uh, 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 Zoom. Still haven't been. Uh, you're not missing much. Um, it's it's cool in that it's live live but they basically have a producer on on your your speaker telling you uh all right amp up get get hype get hype uh boo you have to boo now boo now like it's they're basically telling you what to do so if you don't know kevin dunn bruce pritchard uh the executives uh behind the scenes big influence on vince mcmahon's opinion and since they own they continue to live in their own bubble in the thunderdome they have no idea basically what's going on uh, in the outside world, other than ratings, and that's you know, the the end re, the end impact are the ratings. So you don't know from time to time with match to match what fans are looking at, what uh, what would get a, a huge pop, would, what would not, because nobody's in the a building. But what what are we doing as far as taking somebody like Keith Lee, which I again repeat at like a broken record every single week, that what are we doing when we have someone who is gone through NXT in you know the last two years and has been one of their top names and you bring them over to Raw and then basically say that this is not working. Um, why is it work why was it working then but it's not working now? What did Triple H have or see in him there that people in Vince McMahon's ear were like, you know what, we should probably bring him over. You bring him over and then you just don't see what you, you were heard, what you were told that was uh should have been in Keith Lee. With his specific skill set, I would like with with Keith Lee specifically. <clears throat> excuse me. I would say that it's more along the lines of Keith Lee is a very his he, he's a five tool wrestler. Like his wrestling, forget about his promo work. His wrestling ability is next to none. He does not need work in that in that aspect. This is going to be an unpopular opinion. But I could see how Vince would think that he needs more promo work. Promo because work is even fine, though yeah. Keith Lee's very good on the mic, but he only speaks like a thespian almost. But he's not going for, for mic work. He's not getting like retooled for mic work. He's getting retooled as a big man. Because every single oh, person really? every single person I named are are the big men of WWE. I know. I just figured all of them went for Mike. That's what I thought this whole article was about. No, was them going to see what they could like, kind of work everything, but maybe, I mean, do maybe, do one thing specifically that they might see that they need to do. Yeah, I mean, it's it, several big men back to NXT recently. WWE sent several big men back to NXT recently for some additional polishing up. It, it could be Mike work, but from what I was told <laughs> from other sources, is that Pritchard buried as far as training physically. Um, really that's weird it, it is weird but you're right i, I even take that into consideration as far as the uh 
the mic work uh, or lack thereof that those those gentlemen either possess or don't possess. Uh, and of all those people that I just named, Otis, Keith Lee, Dava Cato, uh, Dio Madden, who might Mace. be- Mace. Uh, I, I don't know what you're talking about. It says Dio Madden here. <laughs> um, and almost, uh, of all those guys there, I, I mean, Otis and Keith Lee are the two that, that basically talk the most. Um, Otis more so than anybody else. I have no problem with <laughs> with, with Otis on the mic. He, he is who he is. You, you either like him or you dislike him. Um, as far as talent goes, Keith Lee is, uh, I mean, uh, above and beyond any big man I've ever seen ever. And he's you, a great you, white buffalo. He really is. And you, you, you will not tell me otherwise. You cannot convince me otherwise that Keith Lee is not one of the best big men that this this company, let alone the industry, has ever seen. And I'm saying that ever. And I'm not being grandiose. I'm not being uh, over the top. He has, as you mentioned, as you said, a five-tool player that can put a, a match on with anybody. From a big man to Adam Cole, and he's done that. That that match that he had for the belts when, when he won against Adam Cole was amazing, you know. And and that's just because he, he is who he is, and he had another amazing talent in the ring with him. So the two of them combined, it was made to be a great match. You cannot tell me that there's a difference between what they're training for in NXT, and then you're bringing him, and you're you're basically saying what what Pritchard is saying is that you have a different product over here, and we it, it works for you down there. But it doesn't work for us up here. And so, why so is NXT that? is legitimately no longer a, a developmental brand, if that's the case. If that's the case, right? The, there is no developmental brand in WWE anymore. There's NXT, and then there's the the main roster, right. which they consider to be its own separate entity. But they will not send people back. We'll say for this for this this sake, they won't send people back to NXT for good, just for them to have like. Charlotte was a Charlotte was a different thing because NXT needed her to boost the ratings and and by God she did mm-hmm. she did a hundred percent because they were beating AEW in the in, in the ratings for a lot of those weeks not a lot but NXT should not have beaten AEW we'll, I'll just put that out there NXT uh, AEW should have been on this eighty three week run mm-hmm. just like WCW did back in the day right. but because NXT is being booked so well sometimes they can get ahead of the game a little bit right? and not just get completely left in the dust. So I, I just don't understand. Um, so Steve Carrier of ringside news said we have detailed exclusive coming about Keith Lee's current situation on the WWE main roster, why he was sent to training and influ- influences around Vince McMahon who aren't smartening him up about how incredibly over Lee is with fans. Essentially Vince quote, doesn't get it unquote with him. So, People are telling him like Lee's over. Lee's over. You saw. You saw him. He. This is. I, I don't understand the the concept of not being over. When you saw him, you put him over in Survivor Series. You, you had him yeah. over with Reigns. That, that was an over moment, and that led to his very brief title run in NXT. But that there was a reason. That was it. You saw it, and there were fans. <laughs> there were people in the re- in the arena. He, they popped for him so hard as as I did at home. It, it doesn't make sense. It's just it's it's maddening. How... Maybe that's why is because they Keith Lee resonates with the fans, and because there are no fans, he can't get anyone behind him. Right. Because I guarantee you, people in the back still just see Keith Lee as someone taking a spot. WWE is still going to be like that old territory mentality. You you have a spot, and if you even remotely get out of that spot, you're done. Yeah. 
Yeah, and it's it's unfortunate because yeah, there's nobody in the arena to to back that up, to back up that statement, and to show him that he's wrong again, <laughs> once again. Um, it's 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 sad that there's there is a a figurative bubble around everybody backstage, and people are trying to tell him that this is not the case. People like him, and he's good. And even if nobody said anything, if you just basically watch, if I had Lisa, my fiance, watch wrestling for the first time. Uh, she's, she's watched it before, but if I had her sit down and watch wrestling for the first time and just have her put on a Keith Lee match and have her watch it, just, just give me a adjective as what you think this person is <laughs> as far as talent goes in something that you don't know about guaranteed. She'd be like, wow, he's good <laughs> with, he's good. Yeah. You know, and this is just from, from the, the basic up until the polished fan, it's, it's, it's not really that hard to see, and you own this company, and you should know the difference between having either a high flyer, a big man who just lumbers around, but having both in one person. You have a hybrid. It's the hybrid. You have a hybrid in your midst, and you're doing nothing with him. And it, it's it's just it's a shame. <laughs> it really is just a shame for him. I feel bad for him, and I feel bad for fans that we just can't get any good storyline. He was better off at NXT. It's, it's why is that a, a statement that we keep making? <laughs> why is it a statement we keep making? He was better off in NXT. Better I off think NXT. He went better. Balor went back. Who, Ember Moon who went back. Wasn't went, better off in NXT. Everybody. <laughs> everybody that's Riddle is, was better off in NXT. Everybody that's come over to the main roster it was better off in NXT. Not because Everyone, hang on. I, I'm going to make an amendment. Go ahead, yeah, sure. Everyone after Kevin Owens. Okay. Cuz once Kevin Owens came in and and shot up the ladder the way that he did. I think Vince went, oh, they're creating stars down there. I want to create my stars here. Well, okay. So okay, then I'll, I'll amend the amendment, um, <laughs> and I will also add to it. There, there seems like it to be a line of demarcation with mm-hmm. NXT. So you have you have Finn Balor, you have Sasha Banks, Bailey, Kevin Owens. You have all these names that at that era of NXT, Seth Rollins. Roman Reigns, you had uh, that era of NXT, that line, that group, basically made it, and then were pushed to the moon. And then you had the second half. So, you know, uh, Asuka, Asuka, Asuka also in that group. Mm-hmm. So you had all those names. And then, like, Kyrie Sam came over. And then now you have Riddle. Ember Moon. Ember Moon, Keith Lee. And it's the second half that seems Shana to just. Baszler. Baszler. Yeah, yeah. You have all these these second half. Baszler, uh, no, an amazing talent in in NXT, an amazing talent overall, and then just being mid carded immediately. How do you prove what you can do? Why was it okay the first half of guys were able to prove what they could do, and not the second half? Very true. It's like they're running with parachutes. They're running with parachutes. But the parachutes are stone blocks, <laughs> and the stone blocks are named Vince McMahon. You're going nowhere. Um, <laughs> I, I'm just, it, it just is, it's insane. <laughs> it's it, just, it's so, it boggles the mind. It does. It say. boggles the mind, and it's it's just depressing and irritating to be a fan and just see talent not being used. Yep. Just do the right thing. Moving on, as hard as may be. Uh, Ramar Ronaldo was was interviewed, and. Uh, he said, he said something very interesting. He said, quote, um, he was speaking to uh, post-wrestling, quote, I'm not interested in going back to that kind of rigorous schedule with WWE. I would love to call professional wrestling still, and I'm glad that there's many promotions. I mean, AEW has been a win-win-win for them, like the Monday Night Wars. I believe competition in every sense of the word should bring out the best in anyone. 
I'm just grateful that there's many more paying opportunity opportunities for the workers, so never say never. For now, I want to explore other options, do more voiceover work, and maybe host a game show if I can and do the monologues. Moral, excuse me. In the last decade or so of my career, just do something I've really wanted to do on my life and branch out. I'm a performer and a broadcaster. I want to do different things. Uh, yeah. And then he goes on to talk about uh, mental health advocate and uh, working working in that field as well. He, I'll tell you this right now. And he just, just came off of uh, announcing the Tyson Jones fight. He is not going to work in AEW. And I'll, I'll say this for one specific reason. Mm. There's no way you're going to get rid of Excalibur. There was one way. Mm. There was one way you were going to get rid of him. But you had it, and yeah. you decided to, <laughs> and you had a good exit strategy. Yeah, but you had it. decided to keep him around he, because he right. was the best. He, he he is the best, one of the best commentators today, yeah. right now. True. JR has been on record saying that this is his last stint. But this, Tony, but this thing could go on for a while. Exactly. And Tony is just there to provide old TNT nostalgia, if we're being completely honest. That's all that Tony provides for me. Mm. It's like, oh, my God, I used to hear this when I was, you know, right. four. Yeah. But <laughs> I was four, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> but that's actually true. It was probably four. But yeah. Morrow doesn't fit in any, in any of those places. Well, Morrow would fit in. Morrow would be great in, in AEW. What spot? In AEW. But what spot? But you'd have right. You'd have Excalibur and Morrow basically doing the same exact thing, going exactly. head to head. So unless but you AW, already have Tony and and Jr. doing the exact same thing. So unless you had AEW branch off and pull up WWE with SmackDown and then AEW do like their own second brand or second show. Not not dark. AEW not dynam- dark. Do like a. You already have something on Wednesday. I mean, Tuesday they wouldn't go against Impact. <laughs> um, Thursday's like really the only day, so you have a back back to back days. I mean, unless you went head to head with <laughs> with WWE, um, which by the way I would be all for. Not only would I be that for that uh, it, as far as a Monday or Friday night war, they wouldn't pull the same number <laughs> as WWE, but you'd have. A much better product going head to head than WWE. This entire yeah, you would have a lot. They would be AEW would be forced to do more, and so would WWE for that matter. Mm-hmm. But I don't know how much more AEW could do because they've already pulled a lot. Mm-hmm. They brought Sting back. I know, <laughs> and they weren't able to pull a million average viewers. Uh, and SmackDown and Raw being however shitty they are, they're pulling at least two mil. So how does that math? Makes sense. You know what I mean? You have AEW, they're doing a lot, and I will say that. I'm a fan of AEW. Yeah. But it's just the whole thing about saying that it's going to go head-to-head with with Raw or SmackDown, I can't see it yet, strictly off the numbers. Yeah. Now, does that mean if NXT wasn't on Wednesday night, is AEW pulling in 1.5 million viewers? So here, Maybe. Here's the thing. I was uh, while you were saying, I was just looking up the ratings for that that week. So nobody knew about Sting. So if people knew that he was coming, I'm sure the number would be higher. But mm-hmm. the winter is coming, based solely off of the main event, off of Omega versus yeah. Moxley, uh, nine hundred thirteen thousand viewers. So almost a million. Not not there. Um, as, this week was nine ninety five, I think. So it was actually higher this week. Yeah. Than last week. I mean. Which makes sense, but it's still not a million. It's still not a million. 
Um, and, and in the 18 to 49, they're, they're still number two. Like they are the number two show within the 18 to 49 demographic mm. on Wednesday nights, prime time. That's big. That's it's huge. huge. Yeah, it's huge. For, for being the number one show, still being a new the company. number two show with less than a million viewers. I mean, that's that, that's just Wednesdays. <laughs> that's just I know. That's just Wednesdays. that's what sucks. That's, it's Who not just knows? that's not wrestling. It's not a, a statement against wrestling. It's just a statement against you know TV <laughs> viewer, viewership. Um, also, the country's still on lockdown. Essentially, you so, can't pull more viewers there. Uh, you're right. You yeah. know what I mean? That's very true. Uh, you, yeah, you would think you'd have more people. Um, <laughs> I don't know. So uh, yeah, so if it, all that to say, uh, it would be nice to have Morrow back in a um, in a ring of some uh, a, a company somewhere. Uh, I, I don't think it's going to be Impact. It, like I said, AEW. The only way that would happen is if it's another show, or Excalibur gets fired. Um, <laughs> you immediately pull in uh, Morrow for that spot. But uh, I, 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 I just would love to see him back somewhere. Um, you texted me. Oh, speaking of, let's, actually, let's before we get to that. Uh, speaking of good old Jr., uh, AEW stars are upset with Jr. for burying them, and so on. Uh, recently, on his uh, Grilling Jr. podcast, he said, and I quote: "I told a kid the other day in AEW, I said, all you guys do the same fucking spot. You go to the outside, you cluster up like quail, you stand together." friend and foe side by side, so you can catch some leaping idiot going over the top who never wins with this move. They never gain an advantage with this move. You know the holy shit chance is what is what got that thing going, I think. They love to hear it. Holy shit, holy shit. This is awesome. It's a spot, folks. It's a trapeze act. So he's basically talking about those spots where everybody's fighting, 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 and then someone goes on the top rope and they're all gathered together basically to catch this guy, which by the way, was a huge fail for uh, Pat McAfee at War Games, but we'll get to that because uh, nobody caught him. He just <laughs> he, he did the backflip off the top of the cage and went straight on his back. He almost broke his freaking neck, man, right? <laughs> broke my neck, um, which I, you know, I, I give him credit for even pulling that off. I agree wholeheartedly with JR's statements. You agree, you agree with that statement? I agree with that statement. Okay. It's it, it, A trapeze act was the perfect way to put it. Mm. You literally have... Because those people on the outside have to wait there until, you know, the guy pulls off his move. Mm -hmm. Until they tope suicida off the top rope, those people just have to wait there. Now, there are so many times in wrestling where people are just waiting there, and you and I are nowhere near professional wrestlers, but even we go, they're staying there too long. Right. Where the fuck is this guy going to crash into them? So I agree with that. It it nobody's ever won a move like that. Nobody's ever won a match like that. Mm. That's why I agree with JR's statements. So the the spot there where are still, most of these things that JR says about like old school wrestling and how the new age doesn't do it right, mm-hmm. I I would tend to agree with because down to the bread and butter of of pro wrestling, it's a it's a fight. It's a it's a performance, yes, but you're supposed to make everyone believe you are fighting. So how does having heel and face hug each other on the outside of the ring like they're about to do the freaking Rockettes and then someone dive onto them, how does that make it a better match? Like, aesthetically, it's like, oh, my God, he just did that. Wow, that's fucking awesome. Because that's it. That's it. It's, that's it. it. It's, but that's it. It's, it's, a, it's a visual 
extravaganza. <laughs> it's it's visually appealing that you have one guy basically bowling ball pin everybody. I'm actually glad that you brought this up because I was listening to uh, Jericho on mm-hmm. the Talk is Jericho podcast. Mm-hmm. He was talking with Dave Meltzer about the life of Pat Patterson. Mm-hmm. One of the, the one thing, the first thing that Jericho said as to one of the biggest lessons he was taught in pro wrestling was trim the fat. Mm-hmm. You have all these high spots that you're just going to eventually go to to then you know what i mean it's like you don't have to do all that you don't have to do all these high spots you can do something along those lines perfect example it looks amazing but it does it need to be in a wrestling match no when ray phoenix is on the top rope and he's if him and another dude are on the top rope in the corner and he is bouncing all on all along the ropes and not doing a single thing except holding the guy's hand and then eventually he'll just like arm toss him, he'll just yep. give him an arm drag off the top rope. It's like you don't need to do all the rope things. It looks nice. Granted, it looks nice. So but trim the fat. Why some, do you need that there? Did someone tell that to Undertaker when he did uh, old school on the top rope? No, probably not. Okay. Are you going to tell the Undertaker that? I didn't no, think but, so. <laughs> but <laughs> so yeah. So I mean, listen, it happened then. And nobody said anything. Now, to hang then. on. If it, I'm why, sorry, why is it, why is it different then? And it's not. It's it's okay for well, him, but not. I'll, I'll put it to you like this: sure. If Undertaker were to do old school, but also in the middle of that, dropped to the second rope, bounced up from the second <laughs> rope onto the first rope, and then did old school, it'd make no fucking sense. You, it'd look nice. You do realize we we're, were talking about wrestling, right? Yeah, I know, dude. <laughs> Like it, God damn it! He, the guy when when people were in in the arena watching Dynamite and Phoenix would come out with Lucha Bros and the, the repetitive uh, theme song, and he would go from those are fucking hilarious every time. <laughs> Lucha Bros. He would go from one. They say Mexican. Oh, thank you. The second word's Mexican. Never. That's the only. That's the only thing it could have been. Never knew that. Uh, he went. <laughs> the only thing it could be. <laughs> I, I I'm hoping you're right. He He's saying from, the top three things that the Lucha Brothers are Lucha Bros. Mexicans settle me other in the ring. Got it. And they just <laughs> that's it. That's and the whole theme that's song. That's the whole song. It's on a loop. <laughs> it's it's all, on a loop. It's it, it. It's a maddening theme song. He would go from the top rope and literally walk on the top rope from one corner to the other. Why not show that off? I'm 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 not disagreeing with you, but why not show what you can do if if he can do it and nobody else can? That's an exclusive trait and and feature that he can do and show everybody else. This is also true. How does it benefit the match, though? You got to make a visual presentation. Like you, you can't. This can't be a '70s match where it's just arm bars and body slams and leg drops. Oh no, I agree with that. I, I agree with that wholeheartedly. But I don't know. It's it's the whole. I I stand by my statement about trim the fat. Okay. There are a lot of things that wrestlers are doing nowadays where yes, it does look amazing. Mm-hmm. But how does it? How does it further the outcome of the match? That's it. <laughs> it's just a, a visual it, thing. It doesn't. It, it's not it a finishing move. Nice. It's not a finishing move. It's not their their ender. It's yeah. It's something in the middle of a match that you do to just kind of pace the match. You know, that's that's the time when everybody takes a break and <laughs> they're able to rest on the floor while they're pretending to be hurt. Especially the outside guy when there's like 15 of them, but there's like the two that are outside and they, they weren't even close to anybody. And yeah. then somebody tumbles over, and then like like Oni Lorcan <laughs> on the outside, he basically just like, oh, let me fall. 
I, I, this is not the first time we've heard statements like this come out of Jr. Though. I'm not saying it's Remember not stupid. Good. Oh yeah, it is. It is stupid. Yeah. But uh, it uh, this goes back to what he said about about the the what Ortiz does when he scratches. Right. Right. A little scratch on the back. <laughs> or the, like, the the ten count with the the head the head uh, butts in the the corner of the trim the fat. You don't need it now. I'll t- the going back to your ten count thing. Mm. What Seamus does when he has him on the on the outside rope and he does ten beats of the battering, mm. that furthers the outcome of a match. Okay. Because he's actually, like, he's chopping the guy essentially. Mm. So what's the difference between doing that and ten chops in a row? Not really much of anything. Not much of anything other than the position that he's in. Yeah. Outside the ring. Now, does he need to do ten? No. But with the crowd there, you'd like to get him up to ten. Uh, re- really quick to wrap this this story up here. Uh, anonymous wrestler said, uh, "Quote: Look, I know there is a lot that Jr. can teach us, but burying us on the show or on his podcast is only going to make uh, some of us ignore what he says. I grew up watching Jr. and he's the best, and we love it that he calls our matches. But maybe find a different way to criticize the wrestlers in the ring. Everyone is doing what they have been taught. I agree that sometimes things need to be slowed down, but that won't happen when the guy who is supposed to help put us over." Is going out there and publicly burying us. Unquote. That I that I completely agree with. At least if no, you know that I agree with that too. If you if you're if you're gonna say you know it's not a good spot, fine, well and good. But you're 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 talking out of. I mean to put this. It's not uh, no pun intended. But if you're talking out of the side of your mouth, <laughs> both sides of your mouth. I know. I know. Just hit hit your head on the mic. If you're talking out of both <laughs> sides of your your mouth, it it you discredit yourself. So you're basically saying on the mic, he's like, "Oh my God, what a move!" Which he never he never pulls it off. <laughs> Did I shame you? He never he never talks I'm about. I'm still it. trying to hold in his laugh from what you said earlier. Man. That was hilarious. <laughs> I'm sorry, Jer. I know you went through. I apologize. <laughs> um, but the idea of you talking like in, in in those spots, it's always Excalibur. It's never Jr. So when you you're calling a match, whoever this was is right. If you're calling a match. Call the match, but then on on your show, you're 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 literally burying it, <laughs> Figurative, figuratively burying it. It it's not it's not cool. <laughs> so you gotta be able to criticize maybe backstage, criticize to Tony Khan, but you have this you have the product on the podcast that you can basically voice your opinion and and say what you want to say, like we're doing right here right now. But you are in a little more of a prestigious position <laughs> than we are as far as calling matches. So you might want to think about the spots that you tend to criticize. Yeah, this would be like if Pat Patterson were to come out and say, hey, that spot was ass. It was not good mm-hmm. at all. You shouldn't have done it. It made mm-hmm. no sense. Mm-hmm. If he came out and said that publicly, we had been having a whole different conversation about who Pat Patterson was. Right. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. But he did. I, I think JR should do something along those lines, like help the wrestlers the way Pat did. Mm-hmm. He is helping wrestlers. Don't get me wrong. But the way Pat was just like, the way he went up to Jericho and was just like, you know, trim the fat. What are you doing this, this, and this for when you can do this, this, and that? You can cut off one of those things. Right. No, I agree. Um, And speaking of Pat Patterson, there was a story with, uh, and speaking of Chris Jericho and Talk is Jericho. um, Did you hear him talking about about Pat Patterson or the only person that was able to talk to Vince and and get away with it? Okay. So I, I found this very interesting since uh, you know, I was just passed away. Uh, Jericho said, quote, some days it's vanilla, but Pat could get away with basically telling Vince, quote, this show sucks. And nobody else could ever say that. 
and he was sitting book, booking I meetings. The quote now. And he was sitting booking meetings. Vince goes, "Well, what does everyone think? Do you like this?" Or, of course, all the yes men are like, "This is great. This is great." And Pat said, "This is terrible. This is terrible. Where's the young guys? What are we doing?" And everyone kind of just sitting there like, "Oh my god, he's chewing out Vince at the front of the booking meeting." And of course, he could do that, but they obviously had a great relationship for many, many, many years. Unquote. Oh, so you didn't even bring it up. One of the one of the, sorry, one of the uh, the quotes from that podcast was he put it very, very well. Mm-hmm. Pat Patterson said to Chris Jericho, sometimes it's sometimes it's vanilla, sometimes it's chocolate, sometimes it's strawberry for Vince. Regardless, it's his ice cream shop. <laughs> so it doesn't fucking matter. Right, right. Yeah, no, you're right. <laughs> it, it, it is his ice cream shop, but the fact that he had somebody to be able to kind of tell him exactly what he needed to hear, because now Pat's gone, and all he has are yes men. That's all he has are <laughs> yes men. Well, Pat hasn't been around for a while. Or Not so a while, right. but like full-time he hasn't right. been there. I no, think, he hasn't been like full-time. Three, right. four years. Right. You drop in every once in a while, but I agree with you. There, It's all yes men there now. Yeah. Who's going to be able to tell him no? Hunter. But he's worried about his own products. Exactly. And Vince is not worried about Hunter's product, and that's probably the problem or a good thing. Is that the sure problem? Exactly. <laughs> that might be. I the, don't know. Let, no, I, I think that might be uh, a good thing. <laughs> Keep, I think it might be Hunter's saving grace. Just stay, stay away. You just We got this. You do your thing. Myself and Sean have this. You, you worry about your two shows over there. We'll worry about uh, our CWC product over here. And I uh, can totally imagine Vince going to <laughs> Triple H and going, do you see this guy's work? I don't know where he came from. And Hunter going, he's been with NXT for three years now. <laughs> he was the NXT champion. Yeah, we had. <laughs> you didn't see any of that? The fuck? Yeah, you want to know why? You want to know why people like Adam Cole? You want to know why people like Tommaso Ciampa? You want to know why people like Johnny Gargano are still in NXT? Because they're smart wrestlers. They they don't want to go. <laughs> people like Rhea Ripley, who should have been moved over months Twice ago. Twice now. There's there's a reason why, and you know, you, you had that match with with it was her and Io Shirai, and I thought that was it. I thought we'd have them move over, have her move over to no. Raw SmackDown, like like um, oh geez, use your words. EST Bianca Belair. Thank you very much, Bianca Belair. <laughs> She's. I mean, I can't even. <laughs> it's always. <laughs> it, there's always one. I, I guarantee there'll be two more before the show's over. Um, I love it so much. <laughs> Bianca Belair is is so far okay. I think that's the one exception I could say with everybody that's been moved over is that so far it's okay. She's getting a push. You know, she's getting a push against Bailey right now, um, which is and huge. The street profits too, right? That's true. Right, exactly. So it's it's not that the cases aren't there. There are examples, but for the most part, it's not good. <laughs> and so no. again, when you have Rhea Ripley had that match with Yoshirai and thought she was going to go over. And then the next following week, she's like, no, I'm staying right here. Good. <laughs> Stay right there. You're better off. You, you have a, a opportunity to be a bigger name in either Raw or SmackDown, but your your likelihood of success is low, uh, as, seen, as, seen by, low. as seen by other, other NXT talent. Um, I, I found this interesting also. Uh, Ringside News uh, reported that Lars Sullivan has been around SmackDown in recent weeks. Uh, they've been told that uh, backstage SmackDown have not seen Lars. His last SmackDown appearance was November 6th. Uh, in that episode of SmackDown, he had an interview uh, two weeks in a row with Corey Graves. I'm um, oh, sorry. He got an interview with Corey Graves one week, and then he went to Michael Cole for the next week. 
and that's when he vanished, and he hasn't shown up. And he hasn't shown up just, again? Just hasn't shown up. Um, it was told told to us that there is no information from the top regarding Laura Sullivan's status. Lack of leadership backstage has really come to light in recent months uh, through various outlets, which backs up what Ringside News has been reporting for months. Uh, it's unknown who pulled the plug on Lars Sullivan this time, or if he had another personal episode. This uh, that would, excuse me, that would be kept as private as possible, and uh, they'll continue to kind of update. Um, nobody knows where, where what's going on. Again, again, this is happening. Again, this is wild. I, I think this is the the idea that you know he's a big man. That's that's uh, Vince's alley are big men, which is why I I find it astonishing that he can't find something to do for Keith Lee. Lars Sullivan, um, it, it, this is how many times has this been now? Three, four, five times that he, he just kind of like gone through some nonsense or some bullshit that uh, would have gotten anybody else fired immediately, but he's still there. He's still with the company. I think uh, former President George Bush said it the best. Oh. Fool me once, shame on me. <laughs> Fool me twice. Fool me twice. Can't get fooled again. Can't get fooled again. <laughs> uh, Mr. President, that's not the quote. Uh, shut up, shut up. Uh, last thing for me outside the ring, uh, you texted me about uh, Tamatanga and the quote that he made uh, mm-hmm. regarding the Bullet Club, and he basically said, uh, I, I'll, "I'll let you, I'll let you tell it." He said uh, in a tweet, and I quote: uh, "If you're not hashtag Bullet Club 2020, you're not Bullet Club." Okay. And we had actually brought this up last week, I believe, mm-hmm. saying that. As, as soon as you're in the Bullet Club, you're Bullet Club for life. No. Bullet Club's not NWO. Okay. You forget that. Who, who made that rule? Who made that rule? What? That you're, you're out of Bullet Club, you're out. <laughs> who made that uh, rule? One of the original members, Tama Tonga, on Twitter. Did you not see the t- message I sent you? The fuck? <sighs> so, you're, <laughs> so you're telling me <laughs> you're telling me that people like, like Finn Balor, AJ Styles, Kenny Omega, those guys... They're not Bullet Club anymore, even though they were in Bullet Club. Like all yeah, those actually, members, this, all thirty this, plus members aren't, aren't Bullet Club anymore. Consider. This tweet is actually directed at Kenny Omega, saying because there was all the things that came out saying that. Uh, oh, I'll I'll say because I don't, I don't I don't know if you saw it, but I definitely didn't see it, and I saw it on the internet. Carl hmm. uh, Anderson, the Machine Gun, was on Impact wrestling's final resolution i think it was last night with one kenny omega and he was one of the only people that was allowed in kenny's bus Mm. that's how the whole shtick went Mm -hmm. and i believe that's when his thing came out and said where was luke gallows i don't know okay probably still selling the beat down from ethan page a couple weeks ago gotcha gotcha yeah Uh, (laughs) right right uh but yeah he said that you're not if you're not Bullet Club 2020. You're not Bullet Club. Pretty much directly at the whole all the dirt sheets saying, "Oh, a possible Bullet Club reunion tease," mm-hmm. and that's when he came out and said that. So I stand by my state. I stand by that statement. If you're not Bullet Club 2020, you're not Bullet Club. The uh, Matt and Nick Jackson literally created the, an entire wrestling promotion. When they left the Bullet Club, so he or this would have been called BCW Bullet Club Wrestling. <laughs> he he did yeah he did say if you're not Bullet Club 2020 you're not Bullet Club. Uh, he's the only original member left in the Bullet Club. Um, with that being said, who is he to 
say that, make that rule. Because he's the, the last, last one. original no. member. No, that's not how he's that the works. last original member. Nope. If the last original member of Leonard Skinner was like, hey, uh, we're going to get a new lead singer, this and this and that, everybody would be like, got it. Mm. You're the last one. You're the last guy. We're going to go by with what you say because you were there, the original one. Mm. Okay. Like I said, NWO <laughs> is for life. <laughs> Bullcoat. Bullet Club is until you leave Japan. <laughs> <laughs> I guess that's it. Uh, all, right. all right. Listen, fair enough. I, I, I will not dispute that. Um, as far as, do you have anything else uh, outside? Before? I do. I do. Two quick things. Yeah. Uh, rumored matches from WrestleMania 37. Did you hear about that? I kind of sort of did, but go ahead. So the big one that, that, I'm talking about right now is there's apparently a room, a huge match for Brock Lesnar. And this is the match. Drew McIntyre, Brock Lesnar. Two. Keith Lee. Oh. So maybe there's a reason why Vince is sending him to get a little polished. Mm. Because you could have the best nails in the world, but you still need a manicure. (laughs) Okay? That was a promo right there. Good. Yeah. However... (laughs) I do want to say this. Keith Lee will be winning the WWE title at WrestleMania. I just need to say that on this podcast. However, I also <laughs> heard that this may be fake news. Okay. <laughs> I just want to point that I out. I love how you just covered your ass because that's bullshit. You you can't do that. You can't talk out of both sides <laughs> of your mouth. You literally just did it. You pulled a JR. You can't yeah. talk about it both sides of your mouth. Because you cover your bases. You cover your ass. If you're wrong, it might be fake. But if it's not fake, he's going to win. Exactly. Got it. All right. So you're saying Brock Lesnar is uh, being brought in just to job, not to job, but to lose to Keith Lee. Yes. So he definitely Keith, Keith is going to pin Drew. I was gonna, just about to say that. <laughs> he, yeah, he would yeah, pin yeah. Drew. Okay. Yeah. Oh, Lord. How, how funny would it be, though, in the Survivor Series a couple years ago, Keith Lee walked into the ring and Brock Lesnar goes, that's a big boy. Yeah. yeah. Hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> uh, last thing outside the ring before we get into what we got to get into. Sure. Scoop Dog. Yeah. How about that? Snoop Dogg had an entire merch line on WWEshop.com that has been pulled Yanked. amid the news that he will be appearing on AEW TV on January 6th, 2021 to rival NXT's New Year's Evil. And I'm not going to lie, it took me until about 24 hours ago to realize that it's just a playoff of New Year's Eve. Wow. So there's that. You're right. And uh, you're good. I'm good. Right, sure. But the whole <laughs> Snoop Dogg Undertaker thing is a little weird. I just hope it doesn't affect Sasha the way that I think most of us think it's going to. You know what I mean? Wait, you think it does? Wait, say, say that again. I hope it doesn't affect Sasha the way that. Well, I'll, I'll speak for myself the way that I think it's going to affect her. Snoop Dogg appearing on well, AEW television. The funny thing was that when Sasha, Sasha came out on Friday, and it, her theme song is Snoop. That's That would have been one of the things, but the other thing would have been like, hey, your cousin kind of fucked us. Well, I, listen, that as well as on the, the side ticker, it said cousin of Snoop. <laughs> it had his name on there. And this is after the fact. It's live. It's not like it's a pre-recorded thing, so... I don't know. Maybe they are working with uh, more 
promotions nowadays, huh? Maybe maybe Hunter was right about maybe that. Maybe Hunter was right. <laughs> maybe Hunter was right, and they're working with different American promotions. Maybe, <laughs> maybe Hunter. You know, was we right. always forget that, like you know, Legion of Doom, Andre the Giant, they were all WWF wrestlers, correct? Yes. That all worked for New Japan while they were in the WWF. Hmm. So why can't we do it again, Vince? Huh? Because Eric Bischoff showed you up for 83 weeks, now you butt hurt. <laughs> 25 years later? Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now you butt hurt? Um. All right. I, I think my promo is over. I, I love it. We'll see. <laughs> we'll see how this one goes. So really quick with uh, Monday Night Raw, uh, I, I'm just, uh, I always like to skim through uh, anything that might be of note. The only thing I can tell you right now, um, one, uh, uh, Retribution lost again to Ricochet and Dana Brooke. Two, Angel Garza had a a promo with the, these these continuous promos with with the roses. And ironically, if you want to go, I, I, I know you I like conspiracy theories. I um, this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The next no, day, going. the next day, yeah. Eva Marie, yeah, posted a photo as sexy hell as yeah. hell with several roses in her hand and her smelling. Hell them. yeah. And there they are right there. <laughs> I saw it. No, I saw it. So the conspiracy has begun that there might be a return for Eva Marie. I can only cross my fingers. Pray to God. I hope that happens. Cross my fingers. Cross my... Never mind. Hello. What are we talking about? <laughs> What's going on? Um, let's see. Anything else of note here? Bobby Lashley defeating Jeff Hardy. Uh, Bray Wyatt and Randy Orton, of course, going to a no contest because Vince doesn't know how to end the match. Um, Hang on, really quickly. I just I, I remember something I saw earlier. Yeah. Uh, Bray Wyatt is apparently undefeated at TLC. Okay. 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19. He won last year against The Miz as Bray Wyatt, not The Fiend. Not The Fiend. But undefeated at TLC. Very interesting. Hmm. 8 0, 7 0. 7 0. All right. So Looking the, for eight no next weekend. Got a, the mini taker thing going on there. Um, maybe it is. Maybe, maybe, maybe you never know. Do maybe we got another streak on our hands. Fiend comes if out. If he wins on, if he wins next Sunday, December twentieth, I'm gonna call it a streak. <laughs> okay, yeah, absolutely. It's a streak now, but yeah, absolutely. Oh um, no, it's a streak now. Yeah, but it, it will be the streak. It will be the finally. streak. There will be no other streak. Roman streak has ended, thankfully, with the loss last week on SmackDown, and now we can move forward. By disqualification, because doesn't matter. Counts know. as a big fat L in the record books. They my friend. don't know how to end the match. Uh, the funny thing with this, how they pulled this off. So if you saw the end of Raw, they had Bray Wyatt against Randy Orton. Lights go out, and mm-hmm. immediately the Fiend is in in the ring. Uh, and while you're watching it, you're like, "Whoa, that's that's pretty cool." I don't know how he did that. <laughs> hey, it's the same person. It's not like they have a body double. Um, so basically, unless they got a body double with the exact, exact same, same tattoos. tattoos, sir, you have, for the rest of your life, you have these tattoos, but you get paid to be Bray Wyatt's uh, body double. They basically, since there's nobody in the arena, they did a uh, pre-recording and did a camera cut to the pre-recorded segment where Orton was in the ring with Fiend. No, did I just? Did I just? I'm sorry. Did I ruin the magic? I apologize. I don't know. I was really hoping that he had all the Fiend stuff underneath his. Yeah, no. Cardigan, yeah, it's, it's cardigan, everything, or whatever it's called, yeah. Uh, and the, then he, like lights went out, and he just went. So he had to take the shirt off, take the pants off, the take the pants off, put the mask on, find the mask from somewhere, and then get back in the ring in five seconds. 
Okay. Yeah, like let's let's be honest. If they had stretched it to ten seconds, you never would have guessed. I mean, I never guessed anyway. It was it was pretty but... it was pretty quick. So yeah, that's how they that's how they did it. Sorry to break that. Uh, yeah. Damn, fuck the, the glass break the shattered glass of uh, reality. Um, Wait, so you're telling me that mankind and Cactus Jack and Dude Love, brother, yeah, whatever it was. Oh, I should have let you say. Oh, you would have pulled a me. Damn it! I, I almost did. I you would have no, 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 no. pulled a Chris. Uh. No, I I almost said Brother Love. If I'm being honest, okay. <laughs> he's a completely different guy. Just as bad. Just as bad. Just as I'm bad. even worse than what you normally do. Like, and I, and I, I, if I went guy with the tie dye, <laughs> circle glasses, and the bandana. My issue is that I I. <laughs> In my mind, I talk so fast that I just it, it comes out before I have it processed in my head, and I say things that just make absolutely no sense. Uh, let's go to uh, TXN War Games here. Um, I mean NXT. Uh, let's see here. So <laughs> I pulled what? I pulled to me. Uh, I loved. So you're admitting your dyslexia. <laughs> I have the to first get this, step is admitting it, dude. I might have to get this checked. Um, I don't see how I'm, I'm reading all these these notes I made. So. I, I let me just say I loved war games. I loved it. I loved it. Uh, it was great. Again, uh, I, I reiterate and will stand by my statement that this is one of my favorite pay per views of the year. Yep. And they went balls to the wall, women and men, and literally broke bones <laughs> for your entertainment. And uh, uh, shout out to Candace for once again just just being awesome. Let's go here. So uh, women kick things off. With uh, with the war games, and you initially had uh, let's see here. It was I'm trying to get through, go through my notes here to see who was first. So Ember Moon and Dakota Kai started things yes. off. Uh, some race to the face. Then we had uh, Shotzi Blackheart. Yes, with the advantage. Uh, Raquel Gonzalez, who I'm starting to like more and more, especially after this week, and. Let's see here. Rhea Ripley. Rhea Ripley. Yes, R- Ripley com- comes out. And then... Tony uh, Storm. Storm. And the spot of the night, if you ask me. Io Shirai. Uh, Tony Storm or no? Io Shirai. No, Io Shirai. Io Shirai. So, Tony was, Storm got the ass of the night. But Io Shirai had the spot of the night. <laughs> Tony Storm was the ass of, of all time. Um, but, ass of the cinch. Ass <laughs> of the cinch. But I'll say that I very like, confidently. I like how they they which I haven't seen in, in war games before or in any. Or I should say that in war games they basically lo- try to lock out Io Shirai from, mm-hmm. from coming in. It was a, it was a Raquel Gonzalez just basically held the gate <laughs> to not let her in. Successfully locked the gate. Yeah. So lock the gate. They're wrestling. They're wrestling. All of a sudden, you see, and they pulled the <laughs> they pulled the JR where they basically were fighting, and then all of a sudden on the top of the cage. Which has to be twenty feet in the air. Yoshirai comes up with a garbage can. How the hell did she do that? By the way, did she just carry it on her, her on her body and then just climbed up the cage? I really hope that she was all the way up there and went like this. <laughs> and they, they threw the <laughs> threw it to her. I really <laughs> yeah. I got to go back and look and see if they they show that because I want to know exactly how she was able to climb the cage <laughs> with a garbage can. She must have had it on her head and then just. I don't think they show you her climbing. They don't until she gets up there. Maybe okay. Then, then I again. I want to know that magic. I want to know how they pulled that off. And I'm, I'm assuming that she just put it on herself and then just blindly climbed it until she got to the top and then took it off her. Anyway, she had a garbage can. She put it on herself while everybody was gathered underneath pulling a JR, and then she just dropped with garbage can, and then onto everybody, all seven other members, 
and comes out and she's like fist pumping and she's all happy about it. See, now this spot was needed to further the match. Okay. This was okay. All right. Even though they might have been a little bit too long, bunched up together. Way too long, yes. But this spot was needed because to get that, it's not like they're just, not just bouncing off the ropes and then going on to the side. Like, there's a reason for that spot, specifically that spot. And it's to hit Dakota Kai in the head with the fucking trash can. <laughs> the trash jumps can. down. <laughs> with a trash can. Uh, I would have fast forward to the spot with uh, Shotzi and uh, Candice LeRae. Uh, so there were all kinds of weapons in the in the ring, and LeRae had a chair uh, on top of her. Mm-hmm. Um, and and uh, Shotzi Blackheart went up from the ladder. There was a ladder next to Candice LeRae on the floor, and did a uh, like a, a a coffin drop basically onto. Oh yes. Onto Larray broke her arm, mm-hmm. broke her arm with the chair. Um, I'm always and I'm always like interested to in, know like these guys, especially in the last couple months. There's been a lot of chairs involved. Like SmackDown had two, you know, chairs galore last week. There were you know chairs getting dropped on Kale's back on his stomach. Then uh, uh, Jay uh, took a chair from uh, Roman Reigns. There's been a lot of chair involvement <laughs> going on in WWE for the last uh, couple weeks. Um, mm-hmm. and so this, uh, another spot here that he just, just got her arm broke, <laughs> just snapped, uh, uh, underneath the chair. He knew something, I, you could see something was wrong immediately after the match when they won, that she's just basically holding her arm, uh, up while she's <laughs> raising her other, her left hand. Um, the, uh, and then the, the end came at the end of the match where, uh, Shirai tried to, uh, head scissor Gonzalez between the rings, uh, but was power bombed through the ladder. Oof. It was brutal. <laughs> that was it brutal. was powerbomb through a ladder by uh, Raquel Gonzalez and scored the win for uh, for Team Candice. Yeah. I loved this match. Yeah, this, it, I it, thought it was match. great. One one thing I do have to say about it, please. Directly to Shotzi. Don't bring in a tool case if you're not going to use it or any of the tools inside of it. So they did. What think, tool? Where do you think that hammer came from that Dakota Kai got bashed with? Oh, shit, you're right. <laughs> I, I, I remember seeing that. I'm like, I totally forgot about that. She should that be hammer. dead. Damn, like, her spine, right. her spine should be snapped. <laughs> like, if that was a real hammer, she hit her in the back. Like, her spine should be snapped in half. Well, I'll tell you, that's not a real hammer. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I figured. Okay. I have never seen a sledgehammer that small, it was, if I'm being honest. It, it, well, it was, it was like a sledgehammer a, head. Yes. It was, it was the head of a sledgehammer yes. yeah. and the, the base of a real fucking hammer. Yeah, yeah. She got hit both on both sides of her body. Yeah. I think those are just as much as real as Miro's weights when he was doing that first promo. <laughs> With his weird uh, right right arm muscle. All I, I, rubber. Oh, yeah. In which case, take a shot to the head then. Take the- <laughs> you can sell it. Take the fucking shot to the head. That was like when when Triple H used to have the the actual sledgehammer from the bottom from underneath the ring, and when he did the the shots of the body, he would hold the hammer with his hand, yeah, covering it, and then bash somebody. Because that was a real, was a real hammer. sledgehammer. <laughs> that was a real hammer. Yeah, I mean, Rhea Ripley just swung back and nailed her, and you would think that she would have like broken ribs. <laughs> There's no way she in hell. should. There's she no should. way. In hell. Her appendix should have burst. Yeah. There's no way in hell. Uh, Next matchup was uh, Tommaso Ciampa versus Timothy Thatcher. Uh, what did you think of this? 
side. It was a great fucking match. Yeah. Thatcher got his ear busted open, and and I don't know how, but Tommaso just squeezed the life out of him, and blood kept on coming. It was a great fucking match. Yeah. It really was. I just remember there was a point where I wrote down there was a point where he had Champa had Thatcher in a headlock, um, but before that he 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 kicked him. He was uh, Timothy Thatcher was kind of outside, but he he was in the ring and he kicked him right in the ear. And uh, I think I think that's what busted his ear busted open. Busted his ear open, and then he put him in a headlock, and yeah, it was just pouring out of his head. Um, oh, it was so gross, but amazing. <laughs> uh, Thatcher Thatcher uh, re- responded with a side suplex into a German suplex. Um, Let's see here. Thatcher uh, entered the ring, and then Champa tried to uh, for the draping DDT. Uh, Thatcher uh, responded to that, hung him on the top rope, and then Champa recovered, applied a guillotine in the ropes, and turned it into a Willow's Bell, which is a, an awesome looking move. Just basically, for, uh, it's like Randy Orton uh, doing a DDT, but amped up to twelve. It's like Randy Orton on Juice. So it's just Randy Orton. It's just jacked up. Like, like this, D, this DDT, man, it's just like you plant it and then you just stand them up and then they fall down. Yeah. Um, yeah. So Champa defeats uh, Thatcher there in a, in an a match. It was, it was really good. Um, and I'm hoping that that storyline continues on. Dexter Loomis versus Cameron Grimes, uh, which was the last match that they've had. And again, I, I know you're a fan of this <laughs> this storyline. I I am not, even though I like both of, both of these competitors separately. You thing. didn't like this storyline? I did not. I thought it was hilarious. I mean, if for, I think that was the whole point. Yeah. If you took this storyline seriously, or even as a horror no, storyline, you got scared of it. You're that's just weird. No, not seriously. I just I think since the uh, the whole zombie situation that happened there, I think it kind of just I was like, okay, <laughs> all right. I know we at some point we have to have like the the co- not comedy match, but like the the levity match, kind of like loosen everybody up in between. Um, yeah. I just just wasn't yeah the popcorn match the popcorn match the the bathroom match, um, uh, this was a was uh, the strap match yeah so yeah it was a strap match I, I can't imagine uh, I keep saying this like maybe one time in my life either take a strap or a ca- uh, uh, a cane or a candlestick stick to the back just to see how it feels I, I want to once just to see how it feels. I think. I'm sure exactly. It, it, I, I, I will uh, immediately regret it, but I just want to yeah. know that say that I did it, <laughs> and it yeah, happened. Yeah, yeah. I think I think us us talking fucking what is this ninety weeks worth of worth of wrestling trash? Eighty nine. Almost. We're talking shit. Almost. Almost. Eighty nine. Damn. Yeah. So this is eighty nine weeks of us talking talking trash about fucking wrestling, mm-hmm. and uh, I think it's only a matter of time before one of us gets at least a kendo stick or a steel chair. <laughs> I think it's gonna have to happen. <clears throat> Excuse me. I think we should go to. Uh, when things go, come back to normal, uh, sooner rather than later, I think we should go to independent show uh, in Queens. Uh, I, I seem to t- I, I tend to go to a lot of independent shows in Queens for some reason, like because uh, they got the good place. Woodside's how, a great fucking like House, House of Glory. I, I've been to three shows. Yeah, it's in Woodside. Woodside, uh, mm-hmm. in that uh, like it's, it's not a YMCA. It's like a it's no, like a, but it's, it's like a rec center kind of thing. Yeah, like just exactly. like just like most <laughs> most independent shows. Bingo hall. Bingo hall, and uh, they have a weird. Like seating setup, it's like uh, it's the the whole side wall is like s- steep st- uh, stairs and benches, and then they put chairs around the entire place. And last time I was there, they had <laughs> Kevin Nash and Scott Hall were signing autographs. Hey, and uh, I, I did stood, you get one? Uh, I did, I did. Nice. Um, and uh, they they are uh, very tall, <laughs> and I'm not. So it was no, you're not. It was my a friend. <laughs> it was like all right, take it easy. Um, <laughs> not, not that short. 
It was uh, it was comedic though. I gotta find that picture and see if I can. <laughs> I can send it to you. Just me standing next to the two of them. Uh, and they they were very cool. They were actually very cool. Anyway, was this was this a uh, uh, post drugs Scott Hall or pre? Uh, no, this is post. Okay, good. It's all, it's all post. Um, so you got the so you got the good one. <laughs> no, they, they were both sober. They were both very nice. <laughs> we got sober Hall and Nash, um, and I can't ask for more. Anyway, I digress. So uh, it, it, it was this was good. It wasn't like the, it, as good as the other two matches. Um, I did appreciate seeing uh, you know steel chairs and straps and them getting violent with each other. But as expected, Loomis takes the uh, the victory with this one. Um, and then we had the triple threat match for the North American title with uh, Leon Ruff taking on Damian Priest, taking on Johnny Gargano. Uh, you said earlier in this same podcast today about trimming the fat. And okay. as soon as I, as soon as you said that, with all the moves and the jumping around and the, the Ray Phoenix uh, you know, going from middle rope to top rope, back to middle rope, I immediately th- thought of Leon Ruff. And him, Why, because he has 0% body fat? Well, no, because he, he does the same thing. He holds your hand. He will jump up from the yeah. middle rope to the top rope, back to the middle rope, come around. I, I love that stuff. I know it's unnecessary, and I know it's, it's the fat, as you say. I, I just love that it's there. <laughs> he can do that and show it off. I just, I'm waiting for the moment that he, he will botch it uh, and come crumbling, crumbling down. But uh, Between him... Phoenix and and Jungle Boy, one of them's bound to botch it eventually. Well, I mean, we saw that with uh, here we go again. Uh, Matt Seidel, we saw that oh, wow. uh, in his in his debut. I didn't think you were gonna get that one. I got that really uh, quicker than I thought I would. Um, <laughs> quicker than anybody thought you would. <laughs> really, shut up. So, <laughs> so uh, yeah. So I, I'm always I'm always expecting this to happen at some point, and and. Uh, no, he he did not do it. <laughs> this this night would not be a a botch night for Ruff, um, but it would be a uh, a lose night for Ruff because he did not come away as the as a winner. We have our first three time North American champion. Three time, three time, three time, three time, three time. Thanks to the plethora of ghost faces <laughs> that were in over the entire arena. And what's what's this? What what, what are we doing? Are, are you? Remember who I said was the ghost Claiming. face during uh, NXT Halloween oh, Havoc? that's right, you did. Yeah. I did. Shit. Bitch, you guessed it. <laughs> you was right. Yeah, Austin Theory. Austin Theory, ghost, ghost face, even though there were like six of them. <laughs> there were six ghost faces. Oh, there were so many. Uh, they just came, come out of the woodwork every five seconds, but uh, the one that made the difference with, uh, with the, the poll <laughs> was uh, Austin Theory. And we have a new uh, North American champion. The best part about that was Austin Theory right at the end going, it was me, Austin. It was me. It was me all along. (laughs) It was funny because, yo, you just take Vince McMahon's thing and you add one more comma to it, completely different sense. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Um, (laughs) uh, And then we had our our main event. So we had uh, Undisputed Era versus Team McAfee. And holy shit. I may have written down all of Pat McAfee's fucking spots. Please go, be go, honest. Go ahead. I, I didn't even realize this until now, but I think I might have. Hmm. God damn, that was a lot. My bad. I'm just trying to read through some of the ones that I do have. So while, while you're looking through it, uh, so O'Reilly and Dunn, uh, Pete Dunn started the match. Uh, and if you're not familiar with War Games rules, it's basically it's four on four. They're, the members are, are locked in a separate cage near the entrance. Uh, you start with two members, 
and then every five minutes. I think so. Every every three minutes. Every, it's either three three or five minutes. Uh, one of them is for the Rumble. One of them is for War Games. I forgot which minute it is, but uh, so so when oh, no, when time is seconds. up, <laughs> when time is up, there you go. Uh, <laughs> they had uh, whoever won the advantage match during NXT Wednesday nights uh, has a member come out, and so basically it become a two on one, and so the match actually doesn't officially start until all f- all eight members are in the ring, uh, and then that's when you can basically go for pinfall submission, and. Uh, so, so as, as I mentioned, O'Reilly and Dunn take, take start things off. Uh, Lorcan, since uh, Team pa- Team McAfee had the advantage, uh, Lorcan enters after that, uh, going after O'Reilly, uh, and then McAfee enters as the fourth. Uh, between everybody else getting getting in the ring, fast forward to McAfee entering as the uh, the fourth member of Team mm-hmm. McAfee, and. Uh, I love that they were just like <laughs> every time that the, it was their turn to go into the ring, and McAfee would like attempt to go in, and then they're like, "No, no, no, we got it, we got it, we got it, boss, we got it." And he's like, "No, yeah, yeah, that's probably the right. It's probably the right thing. You, you, you guys go, go. You, go. <laughs> you guys go, you guys go." Um, and ironically, McAfee would probably end up taking probably the most bumps of anybody <laughs> in this match. I mean, no, but we just think it is because like who? You know, oh, come on, dude! What Orny Lorcan went through. Okay, but McAfee did a a swanton bomb off the top of the cage. Oh no, he did the most memorable bumps of the match. <laughs> okay, go ahead. List you off. You want to go through the spots now? Yes, please, please. All right. Uh, Besides the table and McAfee going off the top, he enters with the four. He enters with the four tables, mm-hmm. right? That's yes. number one. So the, the tables had all the members of Undisputed Era's names on them. Yes, go ahead. Yes, some would have thought maybe you know. Do it so that when he takes him out, you can read him right side up and not upside down. But that's I digress. <laughs> and that's neither here nor there. Go ahead. Uh, McAfee had a, a Pat had a crazy moonsault off the top rope. Mm-hmm. Takes a chair shot to the back. A picture perfect figure four leg lock. Let me tell you, that was really good. Uh, what's the next one? He went through the table. Takes a bump on the cage, off the cage, on the cage, off the cage. Every fucking one of mm-hmm. those. Uh, Swanton off the cage, and uh, Pat McAfee kicked out of the Panama Sunrise somehow. Somehow, some way. <laughs> someone explain that to me. Somehow, some we way. Have some of the best professional wrestlers in the world never able to kick out of that. And fucking Yinzer Pat McAfee comes in. And says, yeah, I'm gonna go Donner. <laughs> Speaking of which, Vicky Joseph had a fucking perfect. Time he had a perfect in what? that whole match. Say again. He had a perfect. So like. I'm going to have to explain this to you. No, but what's, repeat what you just said because you broke up. You had it perfect. So, down. You know how, like, the way Pitts, people from Pittsburgh say down? Yes. You ever heard of a Yinzer accent? Yinzer. No, I've not heard that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Called Look up a Yinzer accent. It's pretty wild the way that they speak. Okay. But it's a lot of uh, AHs instead of OWs. So. Okay. So, it's down there. <laughs> Is he from Pittsburgh? Yeah. He is. Okay. That's how him and him and Corey him and Corey have known each other for a very long time. Oh yeah, they went to rival high schools. Gotcha. Look at you and um, background information. Elias went to high school with them as well. Who? Elias. Elias. Okay. Went to went to high school with Pat and and his buddy Nick. Okay. And Nick was really good friends with Elias back then. Gotcha. You can say I have listened to a lot of Pat's content. (laughs) I was gonna say you've gone like like deep. Into this whole thing, dude. I've been listening. I've been listening to that guy since since he retired. Hmm. This is fucking four years ago now. 
back then it was just this guy's fucking hilarious. It had never ever even thought my mind we'd be talking about him on our wrestling podcast. <laughs> it's this is uh this is very true. Uh I, I don't understand. Yeah, you're right. How did McAfee <laughs> kick out of a Panama Sunrise? Um so yeah, so it, uh see Cole missed the last shot. It's uh another breakdown in the action. Ultimately O'Reilly delivered a knee into a steel chair, driving it into the face of Lorkin. Uh, for the win, and undisputed era defeats t- t- Team McAfee. Um, yep. In an overall just amazing night <laughs> of, of wrestling, I'll and, tell you this um, right now: Pete Dunn was the MVP of that match. Pete Dunn was the MVP. I but I I give props to my 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 major prop for that match goes to McAfee, just for being oh, someone yeah. who's not who's not a wrestler, uh, and taking the bumps that he he took and the moves that he made, um, especially that Swanton. Uh, I, I give him credit. But yes, Pete Dunn was. Um, brutally destroyed in, the, in this match. Speaking of crazy spots and move, have you ever seen cricket bats in a wrestling match before? No, <laughs> me neither. No, this, I don't know yeah. why no one ever thought that was amazing. Yeah, there, there should be more of those. <laughs> Absolutely, those, those things are large and they they look like they would hurt. <laughs> Just a slab of wood with a handle. <laughs> that does. It's I po- heard they hurt more than is, baseball bats. That is polished because it's got more weight to it. Like like baseball bats are like forty ounces. You're talking about a cricket. Uh, that's not even a bag. A cricket stick <laughs> um, is is a lot heavier than that. I had no idea. It should I be used more. Know how to score a cricket game? <laughs> I have no idea. I have no idea what what goes on in a cricket game. But I, I only know all is, I know is you can rob someone of a home run by throwing it to your other friend. Your other friend. <laughs> I know that. I know that. I, just, I gotta. I gotta figure out the rules. Oh, do I? I don't know. I don't know if I have to do that. I don't think. I don't think we got to. <laughs> I don't think we I have really to. Don't think we have I, to. I think at some point in my life, I would like to know the rules and then be like, okay, now I, now I know. I'm good. I would, I would love to go to a game, just like I would oh, love to go to a soccer game, but I don't need to know the rules of either one of them. But soccer is just easier to, to figure out. You got to yeah, kick it into the we net all of the other person. It as kids, right? <laughs> but cricket, not so We much. didn't play cricket in America. Sorry. <laughs> you weren't part of your private. Uh, uh, cricket Association in Queens? No, I wasn't part of the fucking PAL Cricket League. <laughs> I had I had the choice, and they they wouldn't let me. Uh, my my yeah. parents wouldn't let me join. Yeah. I stupidly chose baseball. Sorry, you're American. Here's baseball. Here's a bat. Take this glove. Go outside. Um, all right, let's, let's. Yeah, I more said that to myself though. I'm American. I'm gonna get a baseball and a bat. No, that shit. <laughs> Joe, you're ten. I don't care. I don't care. I'm America. Um. <laughs> Let's go into uh, it's an NXT here. Um, see, so Dynamite really was just uh, kind of going through the matches here. Young Bucks taking on uh, Hybrid Two. Uh, my only question is, and I I was waiting to to see you so I could ask you this question: Why are they called Hybrid Two? Was there a Hybrid One okay. that just got dis- dismantled and now they're the sequel? No, it's because there are two of them. Okay. Uh, they're called the hybrids because Jack Evans is the high fire, and and Helico is more of the uh, submission specialist. Gotcha. Okay. Which is why you saw him do that whole. I don't even know what that thing is called. This first time I've ever seen it in my life. Whatever submission he did. Um. Yeah. How do you even describe that? <laughs> no idea. <laughs> Wrapped his leg up somehow, and then he did like a stretched it. He did like this. Yeah. He slammed himself. He he did a. 360 no not, not even he he did like a 180 and like slammed himself on the mat into a submission like a leg lock it's almost like a dragon screw it was yeah into a leg lock it was it was very weird i i watched it like three times I'm like that looks better than 
it, a figure it, four. Initially, initially looked better than when I rewound it. Basically, he just slammed himself onto the ground, and, and it, it, am, it amplified the look of the figure four. Yeah. Um, so it was. I was. I was impressed by it. Um. Anyway, after all, all was said and done, uh, Bucks take take that. Uh, the acclaimed come out. So we get we get a return of the acclaimed. Um, and then SCU uh, with the save to help out the Bucks. So the Bucks momentarily were heels and then came back to uh, to the good side. Interesting wrestling. They're not here. He, look, they're not heels. Anti heroes. Anti heroes. They, yeah. they were heels. Any mega is a heel. But they were heels. That, that, that they were kicking Marvez. That, that was a heel moment. Like they were going heel. They were on the path yes. trajectory of healdom, <laughs> and they kind of got real, reeled back when they apologized to said Alex. <laughs> it's the same person that they super kicked. Yeah, that was a retraction of yeah. we're going heel, but you know what? Storyline dictates otherwise. So we're we're sorry, <laughs> Alex, for uh, kicking you. And now it's we almost like they teased an, an upcoming heel turn in the future. The same thing that uh, they yes, kind of did, but the same thing that Brandy Rhodes did with uh, when they were you know, Nightmare Collective. Um, and then she apologized. No, it's not. Don't ever compare the Young Bucks to the Nightmare Collective. But she, ap- I'm, I'm, I'm comparing, not comparing <laughs> groups. I'm talking about the, the what she did. She basically ap- apologizing, uh, you know, to Tony, <laughs> saying, uh, "Guys, I'm sorry. You know, it's we had our moment now, and then move on, like as if nothing else happened. Like, okay, we're all good. We, I, I apologize. We're, I'm, I'm a face again. Um, so there's a that. little bit of continuity errors here and there. Oh, a little <laughs> bit wrestling. So uh, then we had uh, Cody Rhodes. Speaking of the Rhodes, uh, Cody comes in. Uh, with Arn Anderson, let's see here. And uh, Darby Allen was in the stands with his with his title as he always is, and Shivani uh, appropriately is there. And then all of a sudden the music hits, and Sting is coming out. I hate this music. I I, I love it. What what's wrong? With I, it? The music. Sting's music. Yeah, I liked his WWE entrance better. If I'm being honest, how do you remember? With, That's how short it was. With the crow. Okay. How it kind of just. Had a little crow noise in the beginning, and yep. then it went into the gotcha. nice music at the end. But it's um, just a personal opinion. I'm okay. just saying. All right. I feel like everybody thinks I'm downplaying this Sting return. I'm not. I'm a huge Sting fan. Mm. I'm just saying some things. Maybe WWE did right with Sting's return. Are you, you're kidding, right? Uh, hang on a second. <laughs> Please. Hang on a second. <laughs> Rectify the that statement day, right, right now. The day of his return, mm-hmm. I thought was better than the day of his AEW debut. Because the Survivor were, Series returns. There were fans in the stands. That's why. That's the only reason Regardless, why. I'm talking about the actual meat and potatoes of his return. I, I, it, it's two weeks in a row. I could not disagree with you more. <laughs> I don't think this is just, I think this is 89 weeks in a row that I couldn't disagree with you more. <laughs> I, I couldn't disagree with you more as far as the Tony Giovanni take that you had, and I can't disagree with you any more than what you just said right now. I, I feel like that that entrance that he had, the, the return that he had, I thought was it all lends itself. You have the, the bad guys taking on the good guys, and they're taking everybody out. And who's making the save? It has to be Sting. And it, it was just, I, I thought it was just insane. And, all right, uh, I'll, I'll do you one even better. That's please. all fine and good. Sting came in, made the save. That that's perfect. Perfect way for him to come in was to make the save. Sure. Kind of like the way he did with WWE, but we won't get into that. That, that you done. My point being, mm-hmm. it would have made a bigger impact if he had gotten involved, I think. If he had taken a bat to Ricky Starks. Yeah. If he had, you know, okay. slapped around powerhouse Hobbs a little bit. Yeah. I think it would have been a little bit more, holy shit, he's still got it type of thing. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Mm-hmm. We haven't seen him in, what, three years now? It's a lot. 
a while you haven't seen him. Yeah. You don't really know what he can do anymore. Mm. I just think, me personally, the way he returned as Survivor Series, <laughs> I think. Is that a word? I think so. Survivor. The way he returned, the way he debuted, we'll, we'll put it, in the WWE, mm. I liked it better. Okay. The way the lights came out, the crow, it didn't just say sting on there. You were like, the crow, oh my God, it's sting. Okay. And then you go, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. And then sting comes, it's like, holy shit, sting. Okay. With I, this one, it was like, oh my God, there's snow. What the fuck is there snow? <laughs> it's glacier. And then, coming out. and then it just says sting on there. Yeah. Which is, I thought was great. It could be anybody. <laughs> like, it wasn't so could obvious. have been anybody. It Why was- wouldn't you present the person first? When he goes back out, put Sting up there. No, no, because that's the, the, the whole point of it. Let me let me backtrack. I agree with you as far as WWE's take on their entrance and the debut of Sting better there than it was here. Okay, fine. But the whole point was the anticipation of who this was that was coming out. And if you're going to have him come out first and then the name, the whole point was you have the screen, you have this all these these images, and then there's snow <laughs> for some reason. But then the word basically that was really one of my biggest things. And you you could also you could also see by the way <laughs> uh, that there was a little screw up with that that debut because the camera was they, they had whatever camera three or four that was coming from the ring from the floor up to the the Tron. It was in the wrong angle. They should have had it with and you see it was just quick a quick change to the, the main yeah. camera. That's the only screw up that they had. But you want the whole anticipation of who is this person that's apparently coming out. It's it's obviously a debut because the lights just went out. Um, uh, I mean, and Cody's already in the ring getting getting his ass kicked, so it can't be him because he's the only one with the light lights out uh, entrance. But uh, maybe it was Birdie Lee. Maybe it was Birdie Lee. Who knows? Yeah, it could have been Birdie. <laughs> who knows? But uh, anyway, let, let me tell you this: if you had just heard a crow, lights went black, whole place was black. But then you would have known that was all of a sudden. All of a sudden, people feel a little bit of snow. You could have left the snow in. Mm. I don't give a fuck. Mm. Could have left the snow in. Lights go black. You hear a crow. Lights turn on. Stings in the middle of the ring with all, everybody, and he's about to beat the shit out of Powerhouse. Let me, let, me ask you, let me ask you a question. Did you know, in, in, generally, when you first watched that, did you know going throughout the entire thing there was going to be Sting? I did because I got spoiled. I was at work. Okay, then you should, I'd be the wrong person to ask. I, watching that live, th- there was no way I knew who that was. And that's the whole point. The whole point is... Well, uh, let, me, let me put it to you like this. Before when the fact. I did go on social media or whatever, and I saw that it was Sting, I was like, get the fuck out of here. Are you kidding me? It was mm. Sting? Sting's on AEW now? And that's and that's from you just reading that in that little glimpse. Kind of called it. If you saw, but if you saw it live, everybody understood that it's Sting... It, there was a, the, the feeling in the air was that Sting was going to come at AEW because WWE is getting rid of all of their merchandise. Their, everything is off, off the, the shop. You can't buy yeah. anything anymore. So now we, we knew that contract was over. Something was going down. Nobody, nobody, even back, people backstage, and they reported that people were, were marking out hard. Wrestlers backstage were marking out because they saw Sting walk by to, to make his entrance. Nobody knew. It was kept secret backstage by Tony Khan. So when watching that live, there was I did not know until I saw the S come up and then the rest of the word, and that's when I popped. You, yeah, it, it's different. nobody was going to know. Right, but I'm saying it, the the point being is that it's different when you are in the midst of watching it, and you see it like that first time. I was like, "Holy shit!" Like hair on on ends, goosebumps going on, marking Yo, out I, as a wrestling fan. I had fan. goosebumps. I had goosebumps when I looked at the post on social media. But see, that's I the, told you, I'm a big Sting fan. I understand that, but it's different. You're, it, what I'm saying, it's different reading it than when you're watching it live. And like, who the hell is going to come out? That it's yes. a totally different experience. When anytime you have a debut of someone that's huge, 
coming into a, a, a promotion or a return of somebody, that's the whole point is that you linger, you linger, you linger to see who it is, and then all of a sudden it, it hits. That moment, I think it'd be different. You'd have a different opinion if you saw it for the first time actually watching it live as opposed to reading it on social media. I think I, I agree, with, agree you. with you, and I think my opinion would be slightly changed as far as far as the whole impact of the return but i'm saying there was a couple things where it was like why are they doing this what not not the whole thing in general why are they doing this but why are they doing this for sting's return what does the snow have to do with it <laughs> what does winter have to do with sting that's really my biggest part of it what the fuck does winter have to do with sting Winter is coming. What the fuck did that mean? Was it winter's coming because of the title match? Was uh, it winter's coming because Sting is winter? Sting is winter. Oh, Sting is as white I, as winter? I, is that what we're calling it? I'm not, I'm not opposed to it because that's a funny joke. I think you might be looking too much into the snow aspect. I understand that there's, he has no association with snow at any other point in his career. But my point being is that if you watched it live, it had a much more impact uh, to your viewing pleasure <laughs> of of when you mark out when a new new person comes into a, an organization. As this is to true. I'm very nitpicky when it comes to returns because I think there should be the people should do returns in the way that should be done right. Mm. This one, how dope would it have been if the, again lights go out? Because obviously the lights are going to go out. We can agree with that one. Mm. The lights go out. Snow falls, comes back on, mm. stings in the rafters. Lights go back out, now stings in the ring with a baseball bat. Come on. You're telling me that wouldn't have been better than it just going, it's Sting! I mean, all after that was a big payoff. After, that was one of the big payoffs. It's all after the fact. It's all after the fact. It's all, it's all. This is true. It's all 2020 vision and uh you know it, it's all hindsight like, we could we could have definitely made we, listen we could have had him come down like he did in wcw from the rafters attached to a, a harness and him drop down and, and do his whole thing yeah we could have added here and there and everywhere but for what it was for that moment in that moment it, it was really good and again live watching it not knowing what the hell was happening and seeing that cody was about to get his ha ass handed to him by a belt to the face by hobbs and then lights going out it was not expected what was, All right. Before we move on from the whole sting subject, yes, I'm going to give you three returns. Sure, and I want you to rank them. Forget about the fans. Mm -hmm. Forget about the pop you heard from fans. I'm talking about you specifically as their returns. Yes, go ahead. As you seeing them return on television, okay. which of these three, if you had to rank them, three, two, one, mm -hmm. how would it be? Okay, Sting, mm -hmm. Rock. Which which? Okay, good. The new one, the new Sting, 2012. I'm sorry, Sting, the, the new Sting, the most recent Sting return. Okay. The most, the 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 big rock return. Mm -hmm. Finally, I've come home. Yes. What was it Brooklyn, I think? Okay. And the Hardys at WrestleMania. If Oof. you had to rank those three, how would you rank them? I'll tell you this right now. I have no problem saying it goes three to one, Sting, Hardys, Rock. I put Hardy first, Rock second, Sting third. Okay, that's my point. My point is pretty much that because like, the Hardys have these crazy. Oh, Hardys was a lot because it was they wrestled that fucking week. That week, exact yeah. Same place. That, that's why. That's why that one is so much better because they were in TNA 
less than a week. The day before. They lost the titles in TNA the day before. Right. And so did not, ex- <laughs> did not expect New Day to, to have to introduce them. So, yeah. and, and, and not to mention the fact that Hardy was so over worldwide with his delete. And his, yes. you know, his, 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 who he had, his character at that moment. And, <laughs> you're bringing up sore subjects again. This is what WWE <laughs> does. You had <laughs> Hardy had a great gimmick, and I understand in the at that time that you had a a a trademark that was still being held by Impact Wrestling in in Hardy's name. So as far as the the whole uh, broken gimmick. So you couldn't really do much with it, but you could still have that character somewhat, some way. So they tried to do Woken, and it didn't work because they didn't push it hard enough. It, the, WWE is the place where dreams go to die. <laughs> they, this is wow. where I said it. This is where character That's development character development goes to die. It, really, every single time. it's You have something that is over somewhere else. It, it can't be here because I, I didn't create it. It's not my idea. Then it's dead. <laughs> then it's dead and it doesn't make any sense. And it's not it's not being carried anymore. It's where ideas go to die. If it's not if it's not Vincent's idea, it's your idea, you're screwed. <laughs> you are absolutely fucked. And it's it's it, it just keep saying it with Keith Lee and it happened with Hardy. It's happening with Keith Lee. It's happening with tons of other wrestlers who just come in with with what worked and you're you're there to retool it. Why? Why fix what's not broken? No pun intended. We move on. I'm drained. I'm drained. Anyway, we Sting. Did it. Uh, we got through it, though. We got through it. <laughs> anyway, Sting. Uh, so Sting comes to the ring, and uh, he, he. I'm telling you, he's he's. They're pushing for him and, and Darby Allen in some some sort of way, some sort of mentor mentee thing, because he looks. He he mentioned you hear Sting talk for the first time, um, with with Tony Tony in the ring, and then Tony wanted to leave the ring. To give him the space, and Sting's like, "No, no, no! You're part of this <laughs> because you were here on TNT." We've, and he said, "His quote was exactly: I'm in the jungle, I'm on TNT, and I've come full circle." And he he wanted to have Tony stay in the ring, but then he basically pointed to the rafters. Uh, Something seems familiar about this place. Yeah, <laughs> never been there before in your life, Sting. But that's again me nitpicking. I'm sorry. Uh, he said, uh, and, th- and then he 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 basically like he gave Cody like the old uh, like hair tussle. So to speak, yeah. in that he, in what he said, at a boy, at a boy, champ. I signed with AEW, <laughs> and I plan on being close to the AEW fans and in this promotion for a long time, which is great. I plan on spending a lot of time right here, but the way I choose, I chose to play it is my business. See you around, kid. <laughs> that stink to Cody Rhodes, and then he basically gave him like a, a head hug, like he, he put his arm around him and he put makeup on on Cody's head and walked out of the ring. Um, kind of, I don't know if it was a little disrespectful <laughs> towards Cody. Um, but we shall, uh, we shall see next up, uh, we had FTR, uh, returning after a couple of weeks against the varsity blondes and Brian Pillman. And now about Junior. this return. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, the only thing I want to say, uh, to this, um, is that, uh, so FTR, FTR won against, uh, uh, Brian Pillman Jr. And Griff Garrison. And I, I like the fact that, uh, uh, JR was mentioning, uh, about his father, Brian Pillman's father mm-hmm. and how, cra- how crazy he was. But um, FTR has made it known uh, against your better wishes that they do not want to have a Four Horsemen storyline. Fake news. Okay, They're trying to get us off the scent. I got you. <laughs> You're one of those. You're one of those just like, nope, that's not true. Uh, but I just said not it. Nope, I, don't I don't believe it. I don't care what you say. It's not true. Nope, you're a liar. Um, yep. Got it. Stop <laughs> lying to me, dude. Stop lying. I don't appreciate it. <laughs> 
Um, we have. Uh, uh, hang Mar- on, I just want to point out the amazingness of the name Varsity Blondes. It's absolutely perfect. Yes. Uh, oh, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, speaking of going full circle, although I don't think Griff Garrison is turning into Stone Cold anytime, anytime soon. soon. No, <laughs> you didn't know that. Or ever. You don't or know that. Ever. Don't say it. Don't say. It. Never say never because you didn't know that with Steve Austin. You don't know with that character. And then he, I'd rather say it and be wrong. He might have a moment where he's with his wife, and his wife says, "You're gonna let, let your tea go uh, Stone Cold," <laughs> and that's where you get the name. You never know. <laughs> you know, he was freaking ringmaster. He had a horrible gimmick with Ted DiBiase. That was god awful. <laughs> the good thing is that Griff doesn't have a gimmick. Well, then he could start anywhere. So he won't have to get out of that shadow first. <laughs> he could start anywhere. He's starting brand new and fresh. Uh, Marvez interviewed Hangman Adam Page uh, in uh, advance of their match next week. Adam Page and uh, Dark Order. <laughs> John Silver and Alex Reynolds are taking on Private Party and Matt Hardy next week or this week. Um, so it's continuing that storyline of will he or won't he join Dark Order. Uh, speaking of Dark Order, Dustin Rhodes takes on <laughs> takes on 10. Um who is uh, very, very stiff in the ring. Uh, I need to point this out about this match in particular. Mm-hmm. Where'd it go over here? Got it. I was not the biggest WCW fan back in the day. I don't remember seven, if mm-hmm. I'm being honest. That being said, it took me until about three days after I watched AEW to figure out that it was a fucking WCW line that they were taking. I was like, oh, my God, seven. I get it. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, holy shit. That was fucking great. I wish I picked up on it at the time. Uh, I like that they, they have, like, little, like, minute things like that. Um, if, I, I, the whole time I'm like, the fuck they going with number seven? Aren't they on ten? Why wouldn't they go eleven, dummies? <laughs> and then I'm like, oh, my Boy, God. It now makes sense. I can't believe that. Now it makes sense. Um, <laughs> so t- <laughs> Uh, Dustin takes that one. Let's see here. Uh, and then they had an interview with with Shaq and uh, Tony Schiavone and Brandy Rhodes. And this kind of just went, uh, I don't know if it was off the rails or it made any sense, but Shaq was basically uh, there for uh, talking about Jade and uh, you know, Brandy wasn't having any of it because apparently you know, she was in it, her arm was in a sling and she broke her arm. And... Uh, uh, Shaq came out with the um, with the line. What did you say here? I had it here. Uh, no disrespect to Cody. Um, I was just messing with him on Twitter. But Brandy and Jade, I'll be there to see that. And Brandy, while your arm is in a sling, I think you should watch Jade. Maybe you'll get some pointers <laughs> from and Shaq. And then so Brandy had uh, uh, was walking away at this moment, and she said, I'm sick of this. You're an overgrown asshole. And took Tony Schiavone's uh, drink and threw it in Shaq's face. And that's the end and of this. That's a large, soaking wet man now. That's uh, <laughs> Sitting in that chair. Everything about this Jade Cargill segment, like the whole, she's gonna have to do something to win me over in the as a fan because it's like really the whole she, thing is like, what the fuck uh, is going on? Right, and, and that's fine. Uh, I I am impressed with her though in that she's very large, in t- as tall height, and okay. she's she's cut <laughs> and she's jacked. Yes. She's jacked. So I I will be very impressed to see someone like her go against someone like. You know, Nyla Rose or someone, uh, you know, go for the, the title at some point because if, if she is as impressive in the ring as she is stature wise, I'd be very happy to see what she can do. Um, but we, but you we, also said the same thing about Eva Marie. Oh my god, I can't wait to see her back. <laughs> I love her so much. Anyway, uh, <laughs> inner circle, the, the ultimatum with but the, I digress, <laughs> but I digress. 
Eva Marie. I, I, I like her better with her uh, natural color. She shouldn't come back with the. Uh, she will, though, with her red hair. Um, I like her as a brunette. She's a lot. I like her with that purple hair she's got now. Oh, hell. Yeah. I like her. So, Inner Circle has the <laughs> ultimatum. And, uh, Agreed. <laughs> um, so, oh, by the way, Santana, uh, her, he's, uh, he's been gone for the last two weeks, and, and Jericho pointed out that he's he was sick of, of the whole of the whole uh, thing going on with with inner circle which is why he wasn't there the real reason why he wasn't there is because his stepfather passed away so uh, condolences to Santana and his family um so all is said and done after everything was said and done um uh, Sammy told MJF to shut up they eventually shook hands um and then Hager and Warlow uh which I thought was the funniest funniest segment of the night um, Warlow was accusing Hager of staring at him too much. And so he's like, why are you staring at me? You're staring at me. And the two of them going back and forth, I thought was hysterical. Um, the only thing I want to come out of that is the both of them to go, do we just become best friends? <laughs> yep. Yep. <laughs> yep. So that is, <laughs> so the two best friends, uh, best friends that anyone could have, uh, when Warlow and Hager, um, people let me tell you about, that would be a hell of a, a hell of a tag team. We put the two of them together. Warlow and Hager. Yeah. Yeah, you need to have Wardlow take the pin if they were to lose because Hager still, I believe, has an MMA contract. This, this, <laughs> so you cannot go, you cannot go defeated. Can't pin him. Um, so anyway, after all is said and done, inner circle is is good, and Jericho is happy to see that they're on the same page. Uh, and then uh, Lance Archer uh, taking and the Lucha Bros taking on Eddie Kingston and Butcher and the Blade. I again have no idea why they broke up. It was just kind of like all rushed. Lance Archer now is a face apparently. Um, and there's that. I got nothing. <laughs> Me neither. Because wrestling, I, I just I, I I don't understand. Archer was this big badass heel, and now all of a sudden he's, he's a good guy. Um, see backstage, uh, Brandy Rose being attacked by Jade, Jay Cargill, and Nyla Rose. Uh, big swollen Serena D make the save. Uh, that's why I saw when when I saw Jade stand uh, stand next to um, uh, Nyla Rose, and uh, it's just very impressive <laughs> to look at. Um, it's true, but she also <coughs> had like five inch heels on. So this is very true, that. but she's still very tall. Uh, very. Abaddon. She's than you. She's, uh, that's not hard to do. Abaddon <laughs> against Tesha Price. Abaddon is a scary big lady, and that's all I'll say with that. She obviously won, and Hikarashita came up with uh, uh, trying to do a save here. Uh, but yeah, Abaddon, I, I would love to see her without makeup. I, I tried to Google it, couldn't find it. Um, I think I've seen it once. Yeah. Is she as scary without makeup as she is with? Absolutely not. Okay. And then uh, <laughs> Kenny Omega and <laughs> so and then Kenny Omega arrived after this. Kenny Omega arrived in a helicopter with Don Callis. But here's a, here's the deal. Kenny yes, Omega. Please tell me you caught it too. Uh, yes, absolutely. Kenny yes. Omega. Kenny Omega. It was the first thing I, I caught. Kenny Omega came out of the, the helicopter. Uh-huh. Camera pans with him towards uh-huh. the building. Yeah. Either, now the camera is looking at Kenny Omega while the back the building is in the background. And then the camera goes back over to the helicopter, and now Don, Don Callis is coming out of, of the helicopter in a two-seater. Yes, so in a basically, two-seater helicopter. Wherever, wherever Callis was, ran to the helicopter just to come out of the helicopter. Yeah. Okay. Now, listen, Kenny was in that helicopter when it came down. Mm-hmm. That's, that's 100% a fact. But also, Kenny, make sure your headphones don't fall out... <laughs> Of the helicopter, helicopter, while still connected to said helicopter, right, and then edit. <laughs> well, so insane. You know. 
Um, called continuity, man. It's con- yeah, really. <laughs> we gotta, we gotta. People like us who work in the business, <laughs> relatively. <laughs> we got we catch these kind of things. Um, all that people though, like us who know what an edit looks like because <laughs> we know how to do it. Um, it. Even with that botched segment there, Callus and Omega are amazing, and Callus needs to be signed by AEW when his, his uh, Impact Wrestling contract expires. He needs to and be with Kenny will. Omega at all times. Um, he's great on the mic. Omega's great on the mic. Um, he said, Kala said, and I quote, uh, oh, Tony Schiavone, you're upset. The rest of the world is upset. Tony Khan is upset. You're the f- you got your first lesson. Welcome to the wrestling business, kid. I-, I heard hell froze over last night because you were on Impact Wrestling with that belt, Kenny. I've known this man for years, and I watched him as he became the best in the world, like an invisible hand watching. You might say Kenny and Don created AEW because Kenny's match against Jericho in Japan three years ago. Truth. Kenny Call Omega. Me. You didn't see me crawling on my knees asking Tony Khan to get my friends a job. No, we waited, we plotted, and we planned. Everything pales in comparison to the championship belt I'm holding right now. What we pulled off last week, aside from it being a seven-star match, it was a performance. It was fine art, and everyone watching fell for it. Hook, line, and sinker. And I don't care if anyone fell for it, but we needed John Moxley to buy into it. You're the real deal, but you don't got it up here, pointing to his head. Uh, you thought last week was a big surprise. You thought Tuesday was a big surprise. We're just getting started. Callous. I, they, they can't handle it, Kenny. Some people make matches and some people make money. <laughs> I mean, it was just the, the whole thing was just insane and great. And I had to reference that because that whole promo was just amazing. See, now um, that is a heel. That is a heel. The young bucks were more tortured souls. But they were going towards the heel light. <laughs> yes. And they got cut off quick. <laughs> yes, exactly. Right. Uh, and then the main event for the Di- Dynamite Diamond uh, uh, Ring, MJF against uh, Orange Cassidy. Uh, and I, I, I saw this coming. It ended up being like a, a, a um, lumberjack match with everybody yeah. on the outside. Uh, but then uh, MJF basically comes up with uh, the win after let's see, uh, Miro, Miro came in at, at some point because, of course, he did. Uh, he, he chucked one security guard off the ramp onto the floor. Um, and be, and uh, he, he attacked uh, uh, Cassidy and then MJF. I beat him clean smack dab in the middle of the ring. Um, even though he, he, he his back was turned to everything that was going on, uh, that Cassidy was getting attacked, and so now MJF is uh, retaining, <laughs> he's the retaining uh, uh, Diamond Ring champ. Uh, is it a is it a retain or is it a new? Because it's like it was retained. He kept it. Did not. But okay, is he going to have two rings? No, he just has the one ring. That's you re- sure. That's retaining the the ring. Okay, I thought it was another ring. If Cassidy won, he would take that take that ring. No, but I thought it was. A one ring per year. No, that's what that's what I thought no. it was. Same ring. I was like, oh, he is a former Dynamite Diamond Ring thing person. Right. He would have been if now he lost. he's a, now he's a two time no. Dynamite Diamond Ring. Wouldn't you make sense? <laughs> if he had if he had two rings, then yes. But he has the one ring. Okay. All right. <laughs> I'm wrong. Um, I'll admit it. Let's 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 get through uh, quickly with everything else here. Uh, NXT. Can I just say that I, that in the midst of, of the beginning here with Finn Balor, uh, you know, now calling out people, and you had uh, Damian Priest and Pete Dunne uh, you know, come out and, and basically uh, lay claim to want to fight him, Kyle O'Reilly uh, coming out also. And then uh, Scarlett comes out, and she looks like Hell a, yeah. She's hot as hell, but she looked like a mix of a Beetlejuice. The Beetlejuice. And a road warrior. A Beetlejuice jacket with the, the spikes coming out. Um, <laughs> And, uh, and yeah, like a road warrior, but 
she, she had the most awkward walk. I want to see what heels she had on because she was walking like there was something up her ass. And it was just, it you was. I don't know what it could have been. Something up her ass. The heels. Well, I would hope so. <laughs> Good for Harry. The heels yes. mixed with uh, the grate for which the smoke rises. Right. So it could have just been like she didn't want him to get caught. She was walking with heels on her tippy toes. Final yeah. answer. There you go. All right, fair enough. Um, <laughs> I'll take it. it. Just she was walking weird. She walked back like she, she couldn't. She couldn't get to Finn quick enough. She was just like walking so slowly towards her towards him. Um, Atlas defeats uh, Isaiah Swerve Scott. We might have a heel turn. Speaking of heel turns, for, with uh, Scott, Grizzly Young Vets uh, defeat Ever Rise and Imperium in a triple threat. Uh, Tommaso Ciampa and Cameron Grimes in a really good match. Uh, Tommaso Ciampa uh, takes that one. And then the return of Karrion Cross after Damien Priest, um, uh, the whole the whole promo with Gar- the Gar- Garganos, I can't speak. The Garganos are in the ring uh, celebrating Johnny's win. Damien Priest comes out yet again for the second time in the night, and Karrion Cross destroys Damien Priest with a power bomb through a table on the ramp um, to cross his back. And that was a very quick. It seemed like a quick return. I know it was, it's been a couple months, but it seemed very quick. Like time, either time just went by really quick or. He made a fast recovery. Um, well, Takeover Thirty was a couple months ago already. So this is true. And, and I mean, Takeover Thirty One yeah. was a couple months ago, and and that's when Finn was the champion already. Right. Right. So what yeah. is four or five months already? Yeah. Since he's been gone. Jeez, didn't see that long. Um, Pete Dunne uh, defeating uh, Killian Dane, and with the main event, Raquel Gonzalez uh, defeating Ember Moon, and another really good match. Uh, I see why this is the main event. Uh, that was that was NXT setting up for uh, said carrying Cross's return. We had Tony Storm almost getting her uh, ass kicked by Io Shirai. Her very very uh, very nice ass kicked by Io Shirai. Yes, I agree with you. Rhea <laughs> uh, uh, Ripley coming out at the end there to uh, to take out uh, Tony Storm, but then uh, Gonzalez basically tells her to leave. Like, no, I got this. I got this. Um, so Ripley and, and Gonzalez again. In that moment, I also thought of uh, for some reason I thought of. Um, uh, Martinez, uh, Mercedes yes. Martinez. Uh, I was like, "Where the hell is she?" <laughs> Bring her back, um, since everybody is coming out of uh, out of the woodwork to come back to NXT. And I will leave off with NXT saying this, and I'm making a lot of uh, big big statements today. But that promo, that segment with Boa and Zia Lee, was yeah. one of the best uh, segments I've seen in a very, 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 very long time. If you were trying Hell to yeah. build somebody up, let alone two people up, you basically kicked the shit out of them. It was like a Kill Bill montage. It was like they're going through training. Xylee's crying while she's bloody. Boa is getting his ass kicked by kendo sticks on his front and back. Uh, and what you, what I saw there, it was exactly the same response that Vic Joseph and Wade Barrett had. was just of like awe of like this. You basically recorded uh, a, a, brut- a brutal beatdown of these two. They They better have like... She's gonna come back with face paint. I, I, if you I, see the little, yeah. you saw the little flash at the end with yeah. the white face paint and the red things going along. Yeah. So it looks like it's yeah. It looks like that's gonna be <laughs> gonna be Zia Lee and the two of them. These are. I'm I'm hoping that they have some sort of astronomical push <laughs> with these segments, man, because it, it's it's really good to kind of break down and see like evolution of a character, especially when they were jobbers and now all of a sudden they're they're, they're getting getting built up. So. Looking forward to seeing where that goes because that, that was really good, <laughs> really good. Whoever whoever produced that, they put put on a, a good show with that one. Um, 
and then last but not least, uh, with with SmackDown, I will. Oh, let's see here. I I will only mention the well, uh, at least three things here with SmackDown. I will mention the fact that um, uh, let's see, Kevin Owens. Uh, actually, let me, go, let me go back here. Sasha Banks, first of all, is getting hotter and hotter by the week. Uh, Carmella in her new getup, in her her red basically brawn bikini, uh, leather leathery uh, to do. Um, it was just just absolutely amazing, and so I, I'm all for that with with their hotness. Um, only things I, I will mention: uh, Ziggler actually won for the first time in in forever against Montez Ford. Um, Sami Zayn. Uh, defeating Big E by countout, with the, he's he's got a way of just basically winning every time with with some sort of sneaky way. He crawled underneath the ring, uh, and Big E followed. And by the time the referee counted to ten, Sami Zayn took the win. Uh, Kevin Owens basically destroying Jey Uso until uh, Roman Reigns uh, returned the favor against KO. Excuse me, I'm all kinds of guys. Um, Riot Squad. Uh, defeating Natalia and uh, Billy Kay after uh, Natalia and Billy Kay couldn't get on the same page, and uh, Billy Kay tagged herself in and then basically took the loss because of that. Uh, Chinsky Nakamura and Cesaro defeating Otis and Chad Gable, and Chad Gable took the, the pin on that. And then finally, your main event, Carmella against Sasha Banks. And I called uh, when I was watching this on the Zoom call with Rob, I called it that this would end in disqualification because <clears throat> I had read initially. That this match was supposed to be on, it was supposed to be on TLC, and they took it off of TLC uh, to have it on SmackDown. And I'm like, wait, wait, it's not on TLC. So that's what I read that they they took the match it was supposed to be initially on TLC, and so they they basically were like we we don't want to wait, we want to do it tonight. So they did it tonight. They did it on Friday at SmackDown, and it ended in dis- disqualification because I assumed they're going to have it on. They're actually still going to have it on TLC. So why they had it on on SmackDown? I guess they just wanted to kind of show dominance with with uh, Carmella and they did a good job with that because at the end of the match when it ended in disqualification Carmella just basically beat the ever living shit (laughs) out of Sasha Banks and took one of those champagne bottles that she had with the sommelier outside the ring after he got smacked around by Sasha took one of those those uh, champagne bottles took the one that was made out of sugar (laughs) and cracked uh, Sasha Banks with it in her back um yeah, and then basically she took a she took a bottle of champagne, shook it, and then basically shot it at Cole and uh, and Graves, which I thought was pretty funny, and then poured the rest on Sasha Banks, and that's how the night ended with uh, Carmella looking very dominant and looking very good um, wrestling wise. Not <laughs> physically, she, yeah, she's amazing, but uh, wrestling wise, she looked really good. Um, if they so. both got a glam up since freaking. Uh, NXT since their days back down there. Yes, over there. Over Sorry, there. No, excuse don't, me. Don't do it. Don't do it. Sorry. Uh-huh. <laughs> that that was the week that was uh, a lot of stuff, man. A ton of ton of shit uh, this week to unwrap. And uh, I'm sorry, we went very long, and that was because of Sting. Damn you, Sting. Um, it it really was because it was the that was the main point behind it. It was Sting. It was Sting. <laughs> we got into like a 30 minute conversation on Sting. <sighs> yeah, yeah. Anyway, <laughs> we hope you enjoyed. Uh, is there anything else, sir, the, that you want to? I was supposed to. I behind the scenes, I told Joe that we have to finish by three o'clock because I have to be somewhere, and I got so enthralled with this conversation that now it is, it is four o'clock. It's almost four o'clock that we finished recording this, and uh, 
Yeah, I have to. We might have started the sting conversation at like two fifty-five. I have to call my mom and apologize and get over to her right away. You need to call your mom and tell her that you are alive first I, of all, because I feel like she just <laughs> thinks you're dead right now. Fifty minutes away <laughs> later, I'm like, what the hell is he? <laughs> anyway, guys, thank you so much again. We appreciate all new listeners coming out, coming on to listen to the Sons of Slam. Uh, if there's anything you want us to talk about, anything you want to dispute, if you uh, if you hate Sting as much as Joe does, please hit us up on Twitter at Sons of Slam. Come on, <laughs> you can't put that out into the ether like that. He hates him with a passion. Um, let us know on Sons of Slam show on Twitter uh, or anything else that you want us to talk about. Anything before we, we go, Khan, sir? Uh, oh, there was a UFC fight last night. I was watching with Steve, mm-hmm. and uh, one of the guys' names was Gavin Tucker. Mm-hmm. So on the bot, on a little lower third, it said Tucker. So I was just calling him Tucky the whole night. It was hilarious. Tucker. Both of us were. It's like, oh, my God, who do you want to win? Tucky. Tucky. Hey, Tucky. Yeah. Where is I he, by it. the way? Tucker? Yeah. Uh, jobbed out. And, ooh, I'm pretty sure he is a 24-7 champion. Former. Former. I think I think that's what happened in the in, in the middle of the ring on Monday Night Raw like a month ago. So so is everybody else, yes. Mm-hmm. But other than that, uh, I have no earthly idea what he is. <laughs> he is he is somewhere out there. I have no, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, it's, it's, me neither. Isn't it so weird how how wrestling works? Like you had two people. One of them apparently was not up to snuff for Vinnie Mac, so you had to separate them. Uh, much like you, some re- for some reason had to separate um, you know Peyton Royce and Billy Kay. So, and now Billy Cage is trying to find a tag team partner. Yeah, which you did. Where does that Where does that come into it? You had one. <laughs> you had one. They a were, really good one too. Yeah, uh, if I might add. I don't know. Anyway, uh, that is our show, everybody. Please hit us up on all forms of social media. Um, that That is it. We will come back next week. Uh, actually, you know what? We'll come back next week, and I think we might. Uh, that'll be our last show for the year. Very well could be. Very well could be the last show for the year. So we will wrap everything up. We will wrap up uh, as far as things good and bad, the best and worst of 2020 um, in this insane year that was and the no fan era. Um, yeah, it's a lot to unwrap for, for next week. And that, uh, and uh, conveniently enough, is show number 90 <laughs> will be next week. And uh, that will be our, our best and worst of, of 2020. So... Come back and, and listen to and, and again if you have anything to chime in with that that topic, please hit us up on Twitter at Sons of Slam Show. Before we leave, uh, Joseph, you want to do uh, our intro for uh, Mr. John Lennon? Okay, um, it was about forty years ago, on a cold December night. It was December eighth, nineteen eighty, to the day where uh, Mr. Mark David Chapman crazed fan of the Beatles decided to take it upon himself to murder and kill John Lennon. That being said, what's the same thing, but yes, rest in, thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Rest in peace, John. And, uh, yeah. Thanks for everything. Thanks for everything. Here we go. Our life together is so precious. Together we have grown, we have grown, although our love is still special, let's take a chance and fly away somewhere.
Sons of Slam podcast.